Oh my gosh, it was your birthday yesterday. Oh my god, it really was. I'm 32 years young. It's so young. I'm so young. Do you feel um, any sort of way like... Like, 32 kind of feels like a non-year, if that makes sense. I don't feel it's, any... Like, you're not turning 40. Yeah, I don't feel any, like, attachment or disattachment to, like... The, the year the 32. The year 32. I, I think it's just more the energy of having a birthday that is very palpable. Mm -hmm. Like, things just feel pretty cool when you're having your solar return. Like, it just feels <laughs> like, you know... Things feel like they're lining up yeah, for you. Yeah, all, all eyes on me... In the center of the ring, just, just like, like a a <laughs> <laughs> Um No, it just feels nice to be loved and to be, uh, like, just, just to be nice celebrating. To be loved. <laughs> yeah, it just feels, you know, I, I felt that, like, really hardcore this week. Like, I feel loved and appreciated and seen, and um, I got to share, like, experiences with people, and I still do. Like, a lot of people are getting me... I feel very seen because not only um, did I get a lot of wonderful like time with people, but I also like the gifts I was given were very like thoughtful and like even just our little spontaneous weird outing that we talked about last week with the antique like meant a lot to me. And a lot of people are getting me like little surprise dates. Like Jessica's taking me somewhere to like a little witchy store that she found. We're gonna have a little outing and she's gonna buy me something at the witchy store. Allison has something planned for me the next day where we're going to go down to Detroit and apparently we have to change where we're going, but I don't know where we're going or what we're doing. And she's got this like planned little day date for me. And then oh, how cute George's is that? gift is like the clued up Allison Wonderland thing in Detroit in October where it's like a huge scavenger hunt, like escape room type thing that's like all themed with Allison Wonderland. Are you going to get all dressed up? I told the Sykes says that we should. I was like, we should, like, dress up. Like, I don't know if we should go, like, super cosplay with it. I don't, I mean, maybe. I'd be down. But also, like, we could at least, like, paint our faces or something want, fun. I don't I know. I want, like, an enormous paper mache costume of the caterpillar. Okay, well, you start making it for yourself. <laughs> and I want and to plug I'll a wheel around. Put, like, bunny ears on. <laughs> I want to offer nothing but cryptic clues. <laughs> It's just you in general. It's just you on the regular. It's people trying to be my yeah. friend is to understand my cryptic clues. Literally. Yeah, so I just felt very loved and seen and appreciated, like, in general, and that's a good feeling, you know? Yeah. Um, so, yeah, it was it was a good birthday. And then I just got super stoned yesterday and cleaned the house and watched disc golf. So when my birthday comes, I'm just going to invite gift. those same people. I'll just make the event for you and copy and paste <laughs> the invite list because it all went really well. Everyone had a good time. And, yes. And we just... Everyone, those are just all easy people to get along with. We played games and um, we did a big uh, kind of barbecue. We made shish kebabs and mm -hmm. I had a huge like... You do a really good job at um, like parties that are for you to make them not even necessarily feel like... Like I didn't feel like I was there to like... Like, about me? Yeah, like, it yeah. was about you. In my birthday parties, it is so clear, <laughs> <laughs> like, why everyone is there. Yeah, I, <laughs> Like, I you. have a spot on the table that is clearly designated for gifts, yeah. and if you didn't bring one, like, I if didn't you know, walk in the I door... I didn't know where to put the gifts. I, was, I didn't know that there was going to be actual, like, like, I got, like, gifts in bags, like, that had, like, balloons and stuff on them. Mm -hmm. Like, I felt like an eight-year-old that I was, like, th I'm 32, and, like, people brought me, like, gifts in a gift bag, and I was like, this is really cool, <laughs> but, like... 
two-year-old I didn't lady. get it. Like, I was like, okay. And then, um, but yeah, I think that, that might be the Virgo rising in me, which, like, my first initial instinct is to, like, serve others. So, like, it, my gift to myself was hosting the party and wanting to do the best job I could to make everybody else have fun. You know what I mean? Because I was like, I'll have fun regardless. Like, my fun is hosting the party. I love hosting. So that, thank you for saying that. Because that was, that's always my goal. Is that, like, everybody feels like it's their party and they're having fun. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? And when people aren't having fun, then I'm not having fun. Every party. like, is everybody having fun? Everybody running around? Does everybody love, does everybody love this? (laughs) That's me, though. (laughs) But no, no. Isn't everyone having the greatest time? No, you're like, isn't, doesn't everyone see how great I am having a time at this party with everybody? <laughs> but there's spaces for that too. Because that's why I like having you, because I like you to have a good time. <laughs> I'll host do. it for you. Do you want me to host you a birthday party? Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Do you want me to host you a birthday party? Yeah, I want to invite almost all the same people. Okay, cool. And maybe like a couple of your actual friends. And if they're not invited, they'll know. Okay. <laughs> I love it. (laughs) So, yes. I had a solar return. New Time Lord. I was just thinking, like, this is so classic me. Like, the day after your birthday, Mm -hmm. to make a Facebook group for my birthday. (laughs) Like, six months in advance. (laughs) Okay, everyone save the date. Request off work. No excuses. (laughs) Giving you a half a year's notice. Literally. So... I thought that today we could talk about something that I was thinking about that was really interesting. And then we could maybe segue into what you were talking about. And I wonder if they're similar. I wonder. Today, we're going to talk about red flags. Ooh, I love it. First and foremost, I just want to know, do you... My life is a constant... Is a red... Do you believe that you are good at sensing and knowing red flags? absolutely do i listen to them most of the time no but i i am a red i'm the red flag police like i'm a verbal rising my literal job in life is is to pick out and understand all types of red flags Mm -hmm. that's why i'm so annoyingly critical of everything because i'm trying to understand i'm the same way with my placements yeah I, i notice every red flag and they just it just You're, washes right you off. You have the ability to do it, but it's watered down by the Pisces gullibility and naivete. And I'm like, the, it's a red flag, but I don't care. And the Libra moon that's yeah. like, yeah, but we all have red but flags. But we all have red flags. You know what I mean? <laughs> and I'm like, wow, big fucking red flag. You're a piece of shit. Like, <laughs> so this article comes do you, to us. Do you think that you're good at sensing them, though? Yes. I think so. I think I'm really, uh, I think I have like a really great talent for knowing like the issues that people are going to present to me mm-hmm. and not caring that that's going to happen. Yeah. Uh-huh. So cool. let's thank, <laughs> let's thank Roxy for writing this article thank on you Psychology so much. Today. Roxy Roxy Sarabi. And that her specialty is mindful that. dating. Like on the website, she's like the editorial chief for dating. It's going to be like dripping in. Oh, heterosexuality? Like, yeah. Yeah. So we love that. Just as like a 
preface, obviously. So she wrote an article called 11 Red Flags That Can Arise on a First Date. 11? 11 Red Flags. Okay. What to watch out for on your next date. And I, I, th I thought the same thing. 11 things? Yeah. Like, I'm just that's trying... That's it? I'm just trying to pick something from the Applebee's menu. How am I supposed to also Oh, that's keep one of the red flags. <laughs> It's not about the other person. It's about you. This article is about you, oh, I was Skylar. invited to the Applebee's, which is red flag number one. <laughs> Your name is the Applebee's red flag number one. <laughs> hey, baby, you want to get some grub at the bees? The ABs? Quesadilla burger. <laughs> so, um. Bottomless margaritas. First dates bring conflicted feelings for a lot of people. There may be nerves, excitement, or even a feeling of dread. <laughs> okay, I've never felt dread on a first date. I felt nervousness and excitement, but I've never felt like existential dread. Like the vastness of the universe, like crumbling in on me. I've always just been like I'm either to think. nervous or excited. I mean, my dates are pretty like... Pretty, pretty nice in the last like almost decade because mm -hmm. my partner and I are together forever but yeah and gay of, dating yeah. is so different because usually like on the first date you like meet them in a dark room and have yeah. like graphic sex yeah and that well, is obviously that is so different from like I know standard heterosexual people that is not the case when I dated in the <laughs> lesbian community but like like when I dated when every date that I've had with a woman did not end with a like yeah, like graphics, 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 like I wish that it would have, but it just didn't. I think it was probably something I said. I probably came on too strong. But that laugh. I just don't believe it. Remember that story I told you about that girl I was like really into, and I took down and had a sushi date in Detroit, and I took her to an art gallery, and I like was trying everything, and then she's like, "Yeah, but I'm moving away, and I live in my car." So I can't really see you again, and I was like, "That's fine." I love cars. I love that. That's so glad I just spent a hundred dollars on this date. So this is red flag number one. Sorry. I'm wondering if you, I feel like we're sorry, not going to get I'm through just, this article. I'm just wondering if you missed it on your little date. Okay. <laughs> I will be using that is an example moving forward. So, one. Actually, this is one that you would sense like pretty immediately. Okay. One. They don't respect your boundaries. Pay attention to how your date responds when they don't get what they want or when you express a preference for something that they disagree with. The way someone else reacts to your boundaries is very telling. Do they treat you with respect or violate your boundaries immediately? Here are some examples of what it can look like if someone is not respecting your boundaries, specifically on a first date. You say that you don't want to have another drink, but they order one for you anyway. I've had that happen to me before, and I drank it, but I did think, like, okay, this is not... Uh, I remember thinking, this is not right. You know, like, this is Ooh. a red flag. Oh, you know? that's... But also, but you did it anyway, but also so... I'm, I'm an easy lay... <laughs> Like, I'm literally, like, slurping it back, and I'm like, this is so wrong. I said no. <laughs> I said no. But I anyways. So, I, I am the one hurting the cause here. <laughs> two. I mean, I'm sorry, like, this is part two of that same one about boundaries. You say you need to head back home because you have an early day tomorrow, but they try to convince you to stay out longer. Now, this one is, like, 
See, this one's I'm got a gray. This one's because... got a gray area because there are times where you're having such a great time, and like you're so caught up in the moment, and it's like we'll sleep when we're dead. Mm -hmm. Like, why don't we just stay out a little bit longer? I totally get that. But if someone is is like, no, I have to go to sleep. This is I have a really important day tomorrow, and then you keep pushing. That seems right. like a huge red flag. Right. I don't think it's necessarily a red flag just to want to stay out later. No, you know, but I also feel like if you have that big of a day the next day, that like why were you, you doing schedule on a, day, a day at night? Yeah, like you. Yeah. You know I mean, I don't know. Also, maybe that's just me because I am the red flag in that situation. I'm like, it's fine. Let's keep stay partying. Out. Like it's like, don't be a loser. You know. Um. And then this is the last one. Now this one is like. Ugh. They try to kiss you and you express that you're not comfortable with that. They respond by becoming defensive, angry, or trying to make you feel guilty about that response. Have uh, you... You've uh, said no? Yes, I have. You have? Yes, I have. If, like, okay, this is this is another thing about internet dating. Okay. If you show up and they don't look like what they said they were going to uh, look like, I'm not letting that person kiss I mean, me. I've had at least... Three or four dates from like this was obviously like over mm. like this was like ten years ago, uh, maybe even more than that. Um, internet dates mm. and all of them looked exactly like their photos, so it was a pretty easy lay. See, I wish that would happen to me. But I usually this especially maybe I'm a good at red flags of. Knowing that like the people's profiles probably are gonna it's, be like maybe a, I look at the photos and I'm like next because I'm like one of the main issues that I had when it came to people not looking like they said they were gonna look was people using pictures of themselves that were real but were from five or ten years ago but they looked recent yeah and so then you look at them and you're like you are like ten years older than this photo I feel like I would have been able to know that. I feel like you would just feel like, wow, you're hot. I know, like, it's like me, like, <laughs> yeah. me not noticing they're taking a selfie with a razor phone. Yeah, right? Like, that's like, <laughs> clearly this was taken on a Blackberry, like. <laughs> so this is red flag number two. They are rude to others. Okay, duh. Duh. It doesn't matter how kind your date is to you, though, if they are treating the people around them poorly. Are they complaining that the service is bad, saying that they don't want to pay a tip? or being condescending to the bartender or waitstaff. You're getting a front row seat view of how this person treats others, and if it's not with kindness, then you will likely be on the receiving end of that behavior very soon. Hmm. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, especially, it's not so much a problem with like, our generation. I feel like we're all overly... Um, I think what a bigger red flag is for me is not trying to see how they treat like the waiters or the, the people. Like, if you go to the movies, like... Clearly, they're trying to make a good impression. The The odds of that person being rude or whatever, to me, it is the way in which you speak about those in your life. So let's oh, say... We, we, have, we haven't gone through the list yet. That's coming up. Oh, that is some, mm -hmm. that's separate then? That's separate. Okay, then this one seems like the biggest doy, like, mm -hmm. uh, duh. To me, it's more I feel like it's, it's smart to point or... out, though, that, like, like let's say... I feel like it's possible to feel confused if they are so gentle and sweet with you. Mm -hmm. And then you kind of see them being rude to others. I feel like that would be disconcerting. You'd be like, wait, what is going on here? Like, you know? The statistics of that actually happening, I feel like, are... Totally possible. Possible, but, like, a lot lower than I feel like this article... I haven't been on dates with people like this, but I have, like, 
gone out with friends that were like extremely cool and like nice and kind to me and then rude to the people around us or like rude to wait staff or like rude really and i'm, and I'm just like whoa what the hell is this and you, you don't know you don't yeah. know that side of them until you go out with them and see that that see that happening i think i would be more triggered by them like like i don't know fucking with like the waiter or waitress or like joking in a weird way you know yes. what i mean like that would be more red flag to me than like i know as soon as the behavior becomes disturbing yeah <laughs> that, that is usually when i'm You're like, like maybe extremely not. turned on but like you won't be seeing yes, them again i won't be seeing them again after that night yeah, but because trauma yes okay moving on but i'm not someone that can just like end a date though like i'll i'll sit out i'll sit through the whole thing i know and then leave at the oh, end. I know. What a lovely Libra gift you have. <laughs> it is a gift. I literally would be like, okay. I'm out of here. I gotta go. <laughs> Three. They refer to one or more of their ex-partners as crazy. Yeah, that's that's yeah. that's the biggest turn Discussions off. of ex-partners is not usually a great first date topic in general, but if it yeah. does come up and your date is calling an ex-partner crazy mm -hmm. or discussing them in a disparaging manner, it demonstrates that they're unlikely to take accountability for their actions and wouldn't with you either. Now, I, this is what I want to say about this. Yeah. I would not say this about a former partner on the first date, you know? But, yeah. like, if I did have a former partner that I believed was fully insane and, like, had done me wrong, I'm not going to hold and that. And by fully insane, you don't mean clinic, like, actually, you mean you're just using, like, a metaphor of, like, yes. they were... You know, or like maybe they, they did have maybe you. they did have something psychological. Okay. You know, like yeah. I didn't know. Yeah. I got out. Okay. Right. I I'm not gonna keep that from my partner because I love to gossip. I'm gonna be like, you're not gonna believe the yes. story I'm about to tell you. Yeah. You know. Right. But I I do see what but they mean I by do first date. Think that you would do that in a different way than what this article is implying, though. Oh yes, I like, wouldn't be like they're totally be, crazy. Yeah. I hate that. Yeah, you'd be like they were. So so crazy. Like, you would be in a way like, oh my god, you're not gonna believe this. Like, that is different, I feel like, in the delivery than, like, they're such a fucking bitch, they're such an asshole, like, mm -hmm. they'll never get it. Like, there's just a different tone that a lot of, I don't know, I feel like, I, I don't know. I, I don't, I don't, I don't want to I totally... I go on too much of a tangent because I think we both are on the same page here. Oh yeah, we're on the same and page. And I've there. mentioned this many times on the podcast before, but it is one of the most attractive things about my husband is that he, from day one, has always, always been respectful and talked respectful about his, mm -hmm. you know, the kid's mom and and the past and things with her and... You know, and I have just always really admired that. It's so ideal, and it just yes. makes everything easier for everyone. Yeah, and obviously, like, they're not together for a reason. So it's not like I'm like, oh, he's, like, you <laughs> yes. know, admiring her and, like, saying all these really wonderful things. It's just he he refrains from talking badly about her. And, ideal. And in front of the kids. And I feel like it was one of those mm -hmm. green flags where I was like, wow, he's very respectful, even though... He's told me a lot of the the relationship past, and there's many of reasons why him or her could be talking shit about each other, and they just aren't, and it's, like, really nice to see, so. So, like, in general, so that's thing number four, actually. Yeah. There's a theme in general of them talking poorly about others. So, during your initial conversations. I mean, that's my, a red flag for me, I think. Are they putting others down? No, no, about me. Like, I do that. Oh. You know what I mean? Yes. 
I feel like others would think like that's one of her red flags. <laughs> like she's a chronic shit talker. Is something? So, <laughs> wait, hold on. I'm very, I'm very hypocritical it with says, this. <laughs> like very does, hypocritical. Is something seemingly wrong with everyone in her life? <laughs> Attractive. My partner talks so nicely about everyone. I'm like, I am like the worst. If your date has a problem with so many people, <laughs> they are the common they denominator. Are, I mean, there has to be a reason, right? You're literally the common denominator. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. I played the fifth. So same five. <laughs> they don't answer reasonable questions directly, or they try to make you feel bad for asking one. Now I'm. I'm going to think about this one for a second, because I'm immediately not registering it. It says... This is like... If if you're asking reasonable questions for a first date, and your date isn't answering them directly, or they respond judgmentally... So here, let me set you up a scenario. We're on a date. (laughs) (laughs) I live in a car. You you ask me, like, what do you do for work? What do you do for work? And I'm like, oh, you know, man, I kind of do a little bit of this, this, a little bit of that. that, Me too. I work sort of for myself but I, me too you know i do some things no no i'm the problem you're just no, trying and, to and get no, out and of i'm me. doing the libra thing like oh, oh my god i totally know what you mean <laughs> but you don't work for yourself and you don't but you'll never find that out because you're not going to ask me that same question i know these types of people okay you just literally are not- <laughs> i'm i'm no I'm, I'm giving everyone a, a taste wit. of how a awful taste you- of how awful it is to- <laughs> just everything you say i say i totally oh get my that God, me, me too, too. <laughs> i mean i worked a little bit in like bdsm like porn mm-hmm. and things like that and then like yeah. did you say me too for that yeah no uh, yeah I was, I was like yeah like i so get that i me so get too. that me too let's oh my god you did who did you work with uh, Randy Blue. Oh, did I don't know him. What what? It's a porn, porn star. company. Yeah. Oh. Randy yeah. Blue Studios. Randy. <laughs> <laughs> Is he a part of like the the bigger conglomerate? Yes. Yeah. Oh, okay. I I, I don't know. Maybe I've worked with him. I, I'm Wait, not let sure. Wait. Let me let me ask you Sorry. another question. Let me. <laughs> I'm, like, I'm so glad we're on this train of thought, but uh, oh God, our time is so limited because I have to be up so early in the morning. Um, well, you don't got to get up in the morning. <laughs> you can stay up. You're so we're right. We're having such a great time. You're having a drink. <laughs> also, I hate waiter, my ex. Waiter. Waiter. No. Hello. Garçon. Hello. Garçon. <laughs> Hello. Can you get him another drink? I mean, I've been looking at you for like 20 minutes and you're not even coming over here. Okay. Continue. Why do I not feel bothered by that? <laughs> I'm so damaged. I'm just like, yeah, this is how that's going. Wow, he's really taking control. <laughs> it's so, basically, if you ask a pretty straightforward question that can be easily answered, uh, and they respond like this, why would you ask me that? I don't know you. Let's just go with the flow, or you're rushing it. These are signs that the person is judging you for a reasonable question, and then also my assumption is, yeah, is that they've got something they don't want to tell you. You never... <laughs> I was trying to get it, and you just were like, yeah, me too. I thought I was playing myself. <laughs> I was giving the greatest performance of my life. No, we've already established your life is the performance. We've decided in the past week that Skylar's life is one big performance. It's a performance piece. (laughs) And each stage he's in is just a different act. There's like 
Ooh, six. <laughs> Tell me what you think about this one. Okay. They frequently check their phone. <sighs> Mood. It says, unless it's an urgent situation, if your date is distracted and frequently checking their phone and taking calls during your date, it shows that they're not taking your feelings into consideration and may have difficulty being fully present with you if you do decide to proceed with this relationship. I mean, that depends. I haven't been on a first date in like literally eight years, so that's hard for me to like judge, I guess. I mean, mm -hmm. phones were a big thing stuff then too, but I just don't remember. With first dates, first dates, <laughs> first dates for me, phones are on the table usually. They're sitting on the table, but they're not being used. But there is an awareness that is, you know, if somebody if texts, somebody or texts or then we'll get to see who it. Who is that? Who is that? Who is that? I had to be up early. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I'll have another Me drink. too. <laughs> Seven. They talk about themselves the whole time. <laughs> Why are you laughing? Because that's me. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Um, so is your... Shockingly enough. I, as much as I talk on first dates, I think I remember mostly being the one asking. Mm -hmm. I'm a question asker. Yes, no, I don't me too. let myself talk because I'm just asking constant questions. Yeah, I like to ask questions that I know will lead to questions that I like that will be asked. That is the me. most Libra Moon shit I've ever heard. <laughs> oh my god. The, this is what happens. I'll ask. The most incredible question ever because I can't wait for it to be asked back and they never ask. I'm and then do I'm just sitting there stewing. <laughs> <laughs> Me too. So it says, is your date talking at you or with you? Oh. There is a difference. When someone is talking at you, they are talking about themselves and not asking you any questions or allowing space for you to share more about yourself. It almost feels like it wouldn't matter if you were there or not. <laughs> difficult oh to God. build an emotional connection in these types of situations. It says your date asks you a question, then sends the ball to you. You respond and ask your date a question, then hit the ball back. It says that should be the more ideal right. well. setup. Eight. They are trying to speed up the pace of getting to know you too quickly. Oh, that's me. Oh, that's so. That's a red flag for me because that's on me. That is on me. We, I will go. We should have been keeping a tally of all of our yeah, red flags. Literally, because I will go from like, oh, what's cool, your last like, name? What do you do? How for, many kids do you no, want? No, I'll be. I'll be like, oh, what do you do for a living? Like, oh, that's cool. Um, is that what you wanted to do as a child? Is that because your mother really was into that, or was yeah. it because she didn't? You know, like I'll mm -hmm. just like three questions and we're talking about like some sort of trauma or you know do you how does believe, that make you feel do like, you believe god is more aligned with justice or love yeah i'd be like oh my god do you which is your favorite superhero okay and what do you think that says about your internal struggle subconsciously like, like, <laughs> like, are they talking about the future and all the things you two will do together events that you will go to and places you will visit it may feel nice and exciting at first but they don't actually know you so talking about all these plans for the future can give you a false sense of security oh okay no i don't do that no 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 that's a no i might like like if something were to have come up like you know oh i love this and this and I'm like, well there's an event that's literally happening, so if we you, should go. If you want, like we can go. If not, that's totally cool. Like that would be you know, if it if it if it applies. Mm -hmm. 
But I'm not just gonna be like, yeah, next weekend we should go away together. I would know, never, like, yeah, I would never be like, you. Let's, oh, I, I have let's go away together. I right have now. done that though. <laughs> I have done that too. <laughs> okay. But it's not like the norm, you know. It's, like, it's, it's not. Yeah, it's not what I normally do. It's crazy. Just what we usually I do. I did move in with George after two months of dating him, though, so that's fine. So yeah, I'd say we're rocking up the red flags. Nine. I mean, that's expected. They give you backhanded compliments. Um, you may feel confused at first upon hearing an, and, uh, they, they call it a neg, N-E-G. Apparently that's a term for, it's another term for backhanded compliments. So it says, um, you're uncertain if you were just complimented or insulted. Um, backhanded compliments are often used as a tactic to cause another person to feel self-doubt so that they are more likely Mm -hmm. to want your approval. I feel like this is a hetero male tactic that is normally used. I don't see the the girls theys and gays using this um this is like that guy at the club like i'm not usually into curvy women but you do it for me yeah like this like something at the the yeah like you'd be at a bar or a club or something and a guy might come up to you and be like I don't like I don't like women who wear red lipstick, but there's something about those lips that I just can't stop looking at or something. Like that's the kind of like weird yeah. something backhanded, backhanded about that's it. like that feels very icky. Hetero male to me. Yeah. No offense, hetero males that listen to this that don't do that, but you know, it just feels like where have I heard that before? Mm-hmm. Where would I have ever gotten like what they're calling as neg compliments and that was like I've never received that from anyone who's yeah. in the LGBTQIA community or I can't even if like the only like if it's very mean girls like oh my god I love your skirt where'd you get it but I then fucking, like, I hated, fucking that skirt. hated that skirt but that's also like that's, behind her back so yeah, it's so not that's, even that was a full same. compliment to the face but I do think that Regina George's character gives a lot of neck compliments at one point but like in more of a passive aggressive way I guess like mm. oh you're from Africa like like <laughs> right like it just feels like I don't know what do you think have you had dates with um no no i don't think i can't relate to this one like i think that's a hetero male tactic of like Mm -hmm. let me put her down and compliment her the gays are either nice or mean it's not like there's no in between there's no in between no there really isn't and i fall on the mean side so 10 they bring up the topic of sex the topic will come up eventually if you begin a relationship, but if it comes up this early on, it's usually not a great sign. Really? It says, I don't agree with that. It's not so much the topic of sex that's the issue, it's that the person <clears throat> chose to bring it up on the date without knowing your comfort level first. So I guess it's saying mm. like, oh, I would totally take you in the bathroom right now. I feel like that's the what I'm reading from I this. Can't do it. And if yeah, right? And some people would be totally into that, but you can't just say that without gauging someone's comfort level first. You can if you're a Scorpio. You can if you're a Scorpio, but... (laughs) Someone who cares about getting to know you and is taking your comfort into consideration is unlikely to discuss sex on your first date. But, okay, this is is why this doesn't apply to me. (laughs) Not not because I feel like the rules don't apply, but because, like, if I have already talked to someone on the internet and I'm setting up a first date, I've already sent a dick pic. Yeah, exactly. We've already sexed Yeah, exactly. Like, it's not... I already know. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So, like... That's what I was going to say. The online era, I think, could change change this. Yeah. But technically, I guess that, that means, potentially, that first dates are really not happening in real life anymore. They're kind of happening online. And Mm. then your first real in real person date. So what if you go on a date and you hadn't been 
like a blind like, date? Maybe not a blind date, but maybe like maybe you met this person at work and you've interacted a few times, you exchanged numbers and they just like randomly asked you out and you really hadn't been texting and now you're going out on a date with this person. <clears throat> and they're bringing up sex on the first date. How would you feel about that? I would be fine with that. Yeah. Only because it's me. Yeah, I know. But I'm trying to think if I would think it was a red flag. Because, like, I don't care, but I'm like, well, they didn't actually... I mean, like, I don't care, but they didn't ask me if I cared. You know, I would think I that yeah, would cross my mind. Yeah, but the tone is, like, easing you into it, and once they've kind of eased you into it, then oh, it's free range. You know what I mean? Like, as I feel soon like... as someone says, like, if I'm on a first date and someone says even something remotely, like, horny... Yeah. I am... The, I, I'm... <laughs> I'm there. I'm... I have a Venus in Aries in the eighth house, so in, I'm probably the one initiating the conversation. It's me again. I am the red flag. So this one is another on the tally for me. Um, but I do think that it's a good idea to, like, if, you, if someone is a total stranger to you, I wouldn't just, like, immediately be doing sexy talk. I would, I would. That's on me. I would. <laughs> I have and I will continue to even with random strangers and make them feel uncomfortable. And then 11. They disregard your comfort. <laughs> <laughs> that's another tally for me. Wait, that's, you. that's literally just your literally. last sentence. <laughs> Sad. Yeah. They disregard your comfort and your concern for safety. If they insist on picking you up, going for a walk at night in a secluded area, okay, that... Uh, it depends. Um, or meeting in yeah, a, maybe that's hot. Maybe that's hot. <laughs> or meeting in an area that would require you to take public transportation late at night, and you tell them you prefer to try another option because you'll feel safer, but they respond defensively or indicate that you are overreacting. This is a red flag. They are not going to take your needs or comfort into consideration. Yeah, okay, I, I would agree with that one. Mm -hmm. I would agree with that one. Um, oh yeah, if it's the first date and you're like, oh, I really don't feel comfortable in that area by myself. And at then night, someone is like, get over it. Like, yeah. what do you mean you'll be fine? No, no, not even get over it. It'd be like, oh my god. I go there all the time. It's not a big deal. I totally know the area. You'll be safe with me. Like, sorry, you're not listening. Like, it's yeah. not you. It's it's me. And if you don't care, like, and also that, don't that, know you. Yeah. 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 No, for sure. That's a big no no. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I I haven't had too much of an issue with this one usually because I'm not afraid of anything. I'm not I'm afraid of anything. anything. Like, I'm always fully ready to have like. A shiv pulled. Yeah. And I'm brutally murdered. Yeah. Murdered. Like murdered. Yeah. And so like I clearly have no regard for my own comfort or safety. So why oh, would this why would this stranger I feel like the <laughs> I feel like the situations that I was in in my younger like in my teen years and my younger twenties have prepared me for any situation that I could ever be in. And so mm -hmm. nothing I feel that. Like, I probably would be the one that would have to, that I'd be like, we could go do this. And someone might be like, I don't feel comfortable. And then I, then I don't think I would push. I think that isn't a red flag that I would do, but I definitely would be the one initiating a, the conversation that they'd have to be like, I don't feel comfortable with that. <laughs> what if we walked like, in this back alley? <laughs> wouldn't that be hot? Yeah, wouldn't fun? that be so fun? I can show you all the graffiti. Like, <laughs> like a little flashlight. Yeah. So, it's a secret date. I can tell you what we're doing. Um, let's do what you prepared. Uh, that I do have something else that I feel like next week we can talk about. And okay. let me go ahead and give the listeners a little preview. All right. 
And it's, now it's another red flags topic, but it's very interesting. Okay. This is an article from 1998, and it's called Red Flags and Religious Coping. Identifying some religious warning signs among people in crisis. And basically, it's a way for people to know if their spirituality is actually helping them or harming them. Because Oh, that's kind of a good segue for my... Oh, is it really? My topic. So, <clears throat> I didn't... I just was kind of thinking about some of the things that I wanted to maybe talk about and I didn't really feel the need to like look up articles this week or anything like that. It was just kind of a general open discussion on these things. And really I started thinking about the commonality that we talk about all the time of both of us having like Virgo, uh, Virgo placements, which to the listeners might be annoying, especially if they don't have Virgo placements or if they don't really know people with Virgo placements, because we kind of talk about those signs quite a bit and we don't really go into some of the other signs, but it's just because it's a conversation between you and I, and that's just how it goes. Um, but there is extreme differences between us, obviously, but there's so much commonality with the ritualistic nature that we both have and we both um express that in different ways so i was thinking a lot about rituals and routines and kind of the the concept behind that and connecting it to like the mundane everyday life things as well as the ways that it may have been a tool or enhanced or help us to connect spiritually or religiously or you know, in a more mm -hmm. metaphysical way. Um, so I just, first of all, wanted to bring up like your thoughts and your top, like your thoughts in general about rituals or routines, because I think of you as a very ritualistic Virgoian routine oh, yeah. person. And I think that it's a crucial part of who you are in your day to day. Let me preface before you answer that is that I made these connections, especially with Virgo, because Virgos are very ritualistic, very methodical. Virgo placements, and depending on how, you know, it's expressed in the chart, tends mm. to bring about, you know, day-to-day to-dos that are done in a very ritualistic way. So mm. I kind of wanted to just, like, go a little bit further into that. So how do you, like, in general connect to rituals okay. and routines? I think you already know. It's like, it, if anyone knows me, they can look at a clock on any day and know exactly where I am. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Like, if it's Wednesday night, mm -hmm. I'm at my little church gathering. Yeah. If it's Monday night, I'm here doing the podcast. Yes. If it's Tuesday night, I'm working. Mm -hmm. You know, if it's yeah. Thursday and Friday night, I'm working. If yeah. it's Saturday, I'm at Alex's house. Mm -hmm. Like, anyone can look at a clock at any time and with 99% accuracy and know exactly where I am. From 2.15 to 2.45, you will be making your way into the door and you will be taking a shower and taking a nap. Taking a shower and taking a nap and uh -huh. then going to work. So, like, um, I, uh, I don't mean to do it that way. Mm -hmm. It's just how it happens. Yeah. Like, I only go to the store on Mondays. Yeah. If I need something on Friday... It's going to wait till Monday because mm. that's when I go to the store, mm. you know? Yeah. So I relate to it to a level that is perhaps, um, you know, a little above and beyond maybe, <laughs> but which is why whenever I do things like go on vacation or go somewhere and do something and like, even if it's like one or two days where everything is just out of order, it like really throws me through a loop mm -hmm. and I become like fully 
like disoriented and confused uh-huh. and like unwell and anxious. Yeah. But also like you thrive sometimes. Also too. totally thrive. So it's it's a weird Yeah. Sometimes I think you recognize that you need to be out of your routine and that when you are, you're like, I'm coming back on this day. So from this day to this day, I'm completely unhinged. And when I get back on Monday, I'll grocery shop and get back to it. You know what I mean? <laughs> that is so real. I know. So, and you're just like a wild child when you're out of, when you allow yourself out of your routine. Like you are yes. problematically unhinged. I I know that about myself. Am but I, but yeah. I was talking to Imogen about this. Okay. I was like, hey, Imogen, Imogen. I was like, whenever I leave routines. Yeah. And, like, I'm at a party or if I'm somewhere... By the way, Imogen, I hope she doesn't mind me saying this, also has... She's got a a Virgo moon. So she definitely understands to to the Virgoian ritualistic nature. I was saying that, um, like, I can become fully, like, unhinged and insane in, like, certain moments. Yeah. But people keep inviting me back. (laughs) So, like, I was, like, at that point... Yeah, am I in stores or them? It's them for allowing me to come back over and over again. Yeah. So I'm just embracing everything about myself right now. I love that for you. So I am thinking that you relate. um, This is my projection of that. Okay. As someone that is like a master, I am like a master of like daily ritual. Yeah. Right. I do not deviate from the norms. No, and when I do, everyone knows that I'm a little... It's like, if I'm an hour past my normal schedule, everyone knows it can feel it. Yeah. And so, <laughs> uh, you definitely have one, but I don't think you have it in the same hour increments that no. I do. I think you have it's things not- that you do every day, but they don't have to be done necessarily in certain Clockwork. time frames. Yep. And they don't have to necessarily be done in a perfect order. Yes. It's as long as a list of things is done, it can be completed out of order. Correct. And where, that's, I think, a little bit more of where my Gemini mixes things up in there. Mm-hmm. Because um, I am a Gemini sun. So I, I agree. That's kind of how I was going to explain the way that I connect to rituals or, you know, the, the routinely connections is like, I have a bunch of routines. I have a bunch of rituals that I go through on any given day or any given week you know, Mm -hmm. but they kind of come and go in phases and like, they seem to be very like hyper-focused at times to where like, I'll get into a routine and it'll be like really obsessive for, or maybe, maybe obsessive isn't the right word, but very like, like into it for a certain amount of time. And then once that time is passed, once that period is passed, that ritual kind of falls away and I develop a new ritual. A new one. And I find that I rituals are an integral part of who I am in my daily living lived experience, but like they also are subject to change at any time. <laughs> it's super, super confusing. <laughs> Trust me, I know, I get it to myself. Like I feel used to that by now. I think you get that. And I get like that. you I feel like as a roommate and a, like a best friend that you can sense when a new ritual, a new ritual is, is forming and, and then one is gone. And then one is gone, yeah. <laughs> like I mean, I've gone through literal phases where like I did yoga for over a hundred days every day without mm-hmm. fail straight. Ritual. Every day, at least thirty minutes, mm-hmm. yoga. Seemed like that would never end. That was part of who I was. Then I stopped. <laughs> I did I did vlogging every single day for two years without fail. Never stopped. And then I just stopped. <laughs> you know, so yes. I go through these and it's like, it's very like, 
it doesn't seem like that big of a deal, I think, to myself when I'm in it. Like, it just becomes like, no, that's who I am and that's what I do. And that's like, this is that's who the ritual. I am now. That's, the, that's the ritual. And then when it stops, it's like, I am always shocked for the people in my life that are shocked when it ends. Because, and I always get those reactions like, what do you mean you're not doing it? And that, th- that, those people are the ones that I am like, you don't know me but at all. <laughs> the ones that are like, oh, cool, you stopped that? What are you doing now? Those are the ones that get me <laughs> and and stick around. You know what I mean? Because they're like, yeah, we knew something was going to yeah. come. That Obviously, something would come replace that. Yeah. What's it now? Uh, some of the things that have always stuck with me, though, are like journaling uh, or like some sort of documentation of my life. In um, varying a, formats. A varying formats. And so, yeah, and I get even that with the ritual of that. Like last year, I had a little daily journal where I wrote something a little bit on a page every single day. I did that for an entire, entire year. And then I was just like, I'm done with that. You know what I mean? This isn't me anymore. <laughs> I did daily pages where I wrote three pages every day for like three months straight. And then I was like, I'm done with this. Like, I just go through phases where, like, I develop these rituals, and it's very, like, I think very intuitive. Like, I can sense when, like, I need a certain ritual, and I want to dive into a certain ritual, and then I can tell, like, when that ritual has given me what I needed, and then it no longer feels, like, fulfilling. So I'm trying to think of it in a positive way instead of, like, a a challenging way of, like, I can't keep a ritual. It's, like, that I'm so addicted to trying different rituals, if that makes sense. Um, so I really wanted to talk about kind of like past, present, and maybe future rituals as well. Mm-hmm. Like, what are some of the things that you remember distinctly from childhood or early teenage years that were like very ritualistic for you that you think might be interesting to talk about? Do you want to hear always a basic one or do you want to hear a slightly disturbing weird one? Can we do both? Okay. Okay, go ahead. So I had this really weird, um... God, why am I sharing this? Is uh, God, should I? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> why not? Okay. <laughs> Just one more drink. Right? Okay. <laughs> so, whenever I walked into my childhood bedroom, the fish one, because I didn't get the candles, remember? Yes. And this was right about the time where the fish came into the room. So, maybe it's linked. <laughs> <laughs> I would do this thing where, like, I used to wear these really big shirts that would, like, come down, like, halfway down my thigh. Did you pretend they were dresses? No. I would make sure, sh- and I always wore gym shorts. Basically, I would always pull my gym shorts down below my butt cheeks so that my butt cheeks would get a breeze. And every time I was in my room, my butt cheeks were out. So you would like pull the shirt above so that you. No, it's so, like my like my shirt would always be covering my butt, but mm-hmm. I knew that they were out. Okay. What do you think but that was? But you're in your own room, though. But I'm so in my own room. Why couldn't you just like full moon it? I, you know, uh, Virgo. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> That's just always my response. Okay, that was an odd one to immediately go to, but I'm. Not... I was thinking about that recently yeah. and about how I used to do that when I was little. Yeah. And I was always, and I was like, why the hell was I doing why that? Why do that? Yeah. Okay. Do you but still I know, do that? No. Okay. I don't do that because it's cold here. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So, I was thinking about it recently. I can't remember why, but I was reading this book. A memoir, and she also mentioned just like something strange that she yeah. did as a child, and I just know that everyone had something has very thing. strange and like weird and slightly twisted that they yeah. did when they were little. Okay, and that was mine, which is kind of harmless. I know I have 
thousands of them, but I can't think of one specifically. But I will keep ragging my brain as you tell our the other one. And I also used to make my bed every single day. Okay. Like, that was a big thing. Every day I would wake up and make my bed. But I completely got over that, like, two years ago. Mm, yeah, what happened? It just, I just didn't care anymore. I think making the bed is really important for me. I don't do it every day. George calls me a 90 percenter, and I feel like that's pretty good statistics. He's, he's like, if I would bet about 90% of the time she's made the bed. Like, I really like making the bed when I go to hotels, too. Like, if I cannot just leave the bed messy when I leave a hotel. Like, I have to at least, like, straighten it. It doesn't have to be perfect, but I have to, like, make the bed. It feels weird. Mm. So, but I, I did not as a child. I was so disgustingly, like... <laughs> I was that child where, like, you couldn't see the floor. Like, you could not I see the I can see floor. that for you. Yeah. And, um, yeah, okay, so those were your two examples. Okay, well, so what about... We've talked about, like, kind of current rituals is there any thing that i can sense coming well is there any specific ritual that's like really important to you right now currently because we've talked about the overall concept of like rituals in your life and timing and things like that but what is there one in particular that you like you're like this is really important to me and i find benefit from it kind of thing um right now and this one's relatively recent is uh going on wednesday nights to meet with all those just all the other People. weirdos yeah, and- at this, like, base basement of a church, right? Cool. And we share, and I've never kind of seen anything like it, but it's like a shared communion. Yeah. Where no matter who's, like, to your right or to your left, you pass the communion on to the person next to you. So you don't receive it from, like, a priest. We You share it with each other. Cool. And so, like, someone that you don't know... Okay, so COVID. ...gives you... <laughs> yes, yeah, so COVID, I guess. Okay. They like they like have like the bread and the wine. And, like yeah. they look at you and they're like body of Christ, right? And then like the blood. Uh huh. And then something about that ritual. Uh huh. Something about that understanding and something about the metaphysics of it and something about the sharing of something bigger with other people. Mm. Like it just feels like while it's happening, there's just like this energy in the air that something is like transforming and something is real and and it's always at the same time Mm. and you know i like that when something happens at a time yeah and it always happens right at like 750 and like i can just feel 750 arriving and then it's yeah i just really like it interesting cool isn't that interesting i hope that continues going forward for me in case but unless they shut down the unless they shut down the program because there is a lot of people like me that come there that are just absolutely unhinged unhinged yeah religiously bonkers like just have just all sorts of ideas but it's just really fascinating to come under this umbrella Mm. of like at a lutheran church of all places interesting where it just feels right you know like something about it just feels like really magical and i'm really i'm really digging that cool what what are you digging (laughs) what are you digging i'm just looking at your chart as you're explaining this and dissecting things but i won't share them so you can't say shit like that (laughs) (laughs) and not share i just think the concept of Saturn in Pisces in your first house, seven degrees away from your Do you think I'm going to become a priest? No, but 
No, I'm not saying you won't. I'm just saying the, the concept. <laughs> or a monk. That's literally. I didn't even. Or look at you. Or Listen to what I'm going to <laughs> say. You're literally just putting words in my mouth, and I haven't even said a single fucking thing yet. I was just guessing. You're like, do you think I'm going to become an acrobat? I can't believe you just said that. <laughs> in your first house and you're like you think I'm gonna become a priest? Think I'm gonna be- <laughs> I was like, what the fuck? It's literally so I was just said. reading into it a little. <laughs> Keep going. I mean you could absolutely you've got some great placements that show you as some sort of spiritual leader of the masses. Leader? Absolutely. Okay. <laughs> I'm sorry was I putting words in your mouth? <laughs> Because of the way you're looking at me is feral, and I cannot talk to Tell you. Tell me my future. <laughs> um, okay, I just want to talk about the future, really, is, like, what are some, maybe if you don't, maybe if you can't, like, project of, like, what you think your rituals in the future are going to be, what are some rituals that you would like to see being adopted for you? Less in, rituals. You want less rituals? Less. I want to be able to come home and not have to shower between the hours of like two thirty and three. I really like. It would hope be nice. That you continue to shower. I mean, <laughs> I hope I continue to shower every day too. But it sucks that I can't just come home and sit for a second. I have to jump right into the shower mm. for no reason. Even if I had a day where I didn't do anything, mm. you know, I'm just like mm. this is such a. I don't have to do this right now, but I have to mm. like a compulsion, yeah. and then. Or I mean, your Santa returns right around the corner, baby. I just never shower again. But I think I, that's not what I was implying. I think maybe in the future I'd really like to be able to add in another day where I can go to the store. <laughs> <laughs> it's the little things. Killer. <laughs> oh my god! I'm just cracking myself up. ever feel like I can commit to like a a daily thing ever because then I get so bored with it and so like so it would be more so the idea of having better routines around art and um I mean I've already adopted so many rituals in the last six months that I was hoping to adopt like you know, uh, health and wellness and more reading and engaging with like-minded people again on, on online with the Patreon now that I have that. And like, I just, I've done a lot of work over the last year um, when I started my business to literally improve in every single ritual or routine that I can. And there was a lot of hangups there with like the move and getting injured and, and things like that. And I feel like there's been other traumatic experiences that I've gone through that I will not share about, but I feel like for the most part, if I look back, like I just did a deep dive over the last year because I'm in a new solar return. I just had my birthday yesterday and as an astrologer that brings about a new set of timing techniques if you're into things like, you know, time lords and perfection house years and things like that. So I just did a deep dive of like the last year and all the things I've been through and I really, really worked hard this past year on assessing like 
what's for me? What do I want to be motivated in? Like, we're, like, I had Mars as a Time Lord, and I was like, I'm either going to use this as a motivating fucking light underneath my ass, or this could be just, like, a chaotic Tasmanian shitstorm that just... Mm-hmm. goes through my life and I have no idea of what's going on and looking back I did pretty good for the most part a little bit of both a little bit of both I think the eclipses really hit me hard last year in my 10th and my 4th house you know moving across country again then moving into this house and quitting my day job of 7 years and starting my business and like mm. those were really like those kind of took over everything but anyways to come back to the summary like I think a lot of the rituals that I would think that I would want to adopt in the future, I'm already currently working on, and I don't know. I don't know what those would be yet, because I'm. I think I'm literally trying to do them now. You know. Mm-hmm. Um. I'm like really intrigued at how I'm going to find Venus, my new Time Lord, as an influence over the next year. Like I'm hoping and kind of trying to manifest and zone in on things like art. Um, but I really have no idea until mm-hmm. things happen. So your voice really resonated with Venus. Of course you did. It's literally your moons. I mean, I don't know. I shouldn't say that because our moons are both ruled by Venus. I have a Taurus moon and you have a Libra moon and I've never really felt connected to Venus. This is the archetype I've always felt really Venus connected is ruled to. By Venus. Like your your Venus is in Libra as well. So mm. and your Mercury's in Libra. Like things like beauty, art, glamour, right? Like decadence, gentleness, uh, like love. Like those are all things that have always fascinated me. Have always interested me. Have always held my attention. Have always like I don't deviate from that. That's like a lifelong. Well, you have your Venus, your Mercury, and your Moon all in Libra in the eighth house. So, that that seems about right. Seems about right, right? <laughs> that seems about right. <laughs> um, and I love that. That's super cool. I, yeah, I, I, I don't know if it's because I've rejected, like, it's so, so highly sought after to, like, think of, like, love and romance and movie like you Mm. know that i just i don't know maybe i was like maybe there's some sort of weird trauma or trigger where i'm like i hate all of that you know i'm like that bitch that i can't i don't want like i don't i I don't need a wedding i don't need a you know i don't have i'm all about the sensuality of beauty Right. Okay, my Venus is in Aries. I want it quick, hard, fast, and get on, move around. Like I'm like, you know, like in Call Me By Your Name, where he like sticks his thumb in the peach and like the juice dribbles over them. Okay, I can't. To me, that. that is like peak aesthetic. Oh, like that is peak experience. That is like peak, like hu- like human experience. I'm just like, this is God. <laughs> okay, yeah, no, that's not mine. Apparently, some people don't feel the same way. No, you know, like Angelina Jolie as Maleficent. Mm-hmm. I think that's my. <laughs> Those are two very Venus different. Venus and Aries in the eighth house feels very much like an, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that that's about sums it up. I think the last thing I want to talk about this because I think we're getting close to like the time where we're gonna have to wrap this up is, I just wanted to talk about the difference leading a little bit into your next article that we might go into next week for 
rituals that are spiritual versus rituals that are what you would think normal. And so we kind of talked about this in like terms of, you know, your Wednesday nights at 7.50 versus like you have to take a shower every day. Yeah. But do you find like in your mind that those are big differences with the, by the way that you connect your ritual or routines or, you know, do, do you find that they're the same thing or do you find that they're different? Like what are the mm. routine, how do you connect to the routines that you feel like you do because you have to versus the routines that you feel like you get to do, get or... to do and that give you some sort of maybe like fulfillment either spiritually or mm-hmm. in some other enlightened way. Does that make sense? So that's oh, kind yeah. of a big question to end on. Sorry, I thought you were saying I should think about that for next week. So I was storing I mean, it away. We don't. Ha- I mean, you don't have to answer it now. Maybe give a little bit like of what's coming to your mind. They then- don't feel different necessarily. Mm-hmm. Only because, especially shower time. Shower time is where, like, again, peak Venusian, you know sensory experience. I mean, Pisces ascended. And I always have to have like the best smelling soaps and shampoos and like I do everything twice and just I just love the aromas and to me that it feels very like When Skylar gets a new like body wash or something, it's like it's a big he's deal. He's a new person. It's a big deal cuz I stick with that body wash for a while. Yeah. You it's know? a brand. It's a it's brand. A, it's a ritual. And then one day like you yeah. I show up with a new bottle and everyone just nods and, and says, like, and you're like, this, this is a new era. This eucalyptus lavender is the best smelling body wash you will ever smell. I can't, like, you're just, like, into it. So. The one you have now is so good. So good. So good. Absolutely love it. Very men's cologne. Yeah. It's like cedar wood. Yeah, I've used it. <laughs> <laughs> I smelled it in the bottle and then I was like, ooh, and then I like put a little in my hand and like put it on my arm and I was like, yeah. It smells so good. It smells so good. I was at the store. I was like, yes, this yeah. is like peak sensory experience. Yeah. For me, it's all about like the sensory experiences. Of, okay, we get it. Of the things that feel great and they it. make me feel connected and they ultimately don't all feel different except for the ritual of going to work every morning. That feels like that one could go away mm. and I wouldn't feel any sort of way. But everything that comes after that feels very structured. Mm. If you didn't have to work every day, what would you be doing? Nothing. I love that for you. It would be my year of rest and relaxation. <laughs> okay. Cool. Yeah, I just, I mean, we sort of touched on the differences, like, spiritually versus, like, the everyday mundane, you know, rituals, routines, and how you connect to them. I just, I think, like, your article that you touched on that we might do next week, maybe, maybe not, it kind of blends into that, and that's where mm. I felt like it was segueing. So, yeah, I just wanted to to talk about our Virgoian need and sometimes obsession with ritualistic tendencies in our lives, so. Oh, well, what can you, you do? You know what? We are who we are. You know what another ritual is that we love to do that's feeling, like, spiritual is to thank our supporters. Mm. Speaking of which, is so grateful to these people who support us financially. 
Speaking of which is brought to you by the public. Yeah. And these ritualistic beings are the ones that help us every month financially to support this episode and other episodes. So thank you so much to Julie C, Anna M, Heather A, Alyssa S, Rebecca PK, Teresa D, Dominic B, Melanie W, Catherine L, Jesse D, David B, and Karen R. Thank you so much to these beautiful people who support us. If you would like to support the podcast, you can do so by going to anchor.fm slash speaking of which and click the support button. If you can't support us financially or don't want to, but want to support us in other ways, you can share our podcast on another social media platform or with a friend, um, or you can go and rate this podcast uh, five stars only, please. Thank you so much for listening today to this week's episode. Oh my God. Also, sorry about last week's episode being so late. I literally prepped it on my phone and then just never hit post. And like four days later, Skylar's like, um, the podcast never went up. And I was like, Mobby, sorry, everyone. And thank you for listening. We love you. Goodbye. Goodbye. Goodbye.